When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Welsh. That over there, that's Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston. It's week four ranks, breaking it down. We're talking about all the stuff, except talking about Jake's ranks of the best sports characters of all time, which um, Jake got a little bit of an issue with it. Uh, Rocky Balboa near the top. If you go and check out the Athletic article right now, uh, Jake put out some of the best sports characters, and I think there's some great names in there. But uh, Rocky Balboa, the best or the most infamous? I uh, I propose to you. Uh, both. I mean, it just, I mean, it's my rankings. <laughs> I can make. I can. You know what? Parameter <laughs> wants to be my number good, one rank. He's, good thank call. You. <laughs> I was. I was about to. I was about to go in on it. You're 100 percent right. Those are your rankings. I was about to play the internet trolls that were going to comment. How can da 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 not be here? I totally played into that, but uh, it was it was yeah. a very fun read on the article for all the ranks that you got. Never together. saw a slap shot. I think uh, the um, yeah. other one, bowling one. What I can't. I can't think of his name Kingpin? right now. Big like Big Lebowski, overrated. Sorry, oh, Man, everybody's yeah. gonna stop listening to the podcast. I also uh, think I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. See you guys. Yeah, Big Lebowski, I also think, overrated. Uh, I, I can't continue. What's his face coming? Kenny Powers also overrated. So mm, yeah, mm, I just there you go. Mm. Now nobody's reading any of my ranks anymore. So there you go. <laughs> Kenny Powers is coming back. <laughs> Though yeah. you know, here was the only thing I had was your uh, at the because you have a top ten list, which people should go check. Obviously, you should check out all of it for all the ranks and everything. But you had the top ten list, but then you kind of hedged your bet with your like, ah, here's some honorable mentions. There's like another like ten guys. I'm like, you know, you're not allowed There's to have five. These players. You can't have more players after your ten list. You don't get extra credit for that because you did <laughs> you know put what? someone in there. You I'm trying do to the same thing, everybody in the comments. Don't don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I just got mutumboed by uh, Jake. You can Seeley go on pork the chop sandwiches yourself. Oh, uh, it's funny. Well, go check it out. Uh, you can get in on all the stuff, whether it's the ranks for this week or another fun read as uh, part of it over at the Athletic. And it came down to the fact that I didn't want to leave out Airbud because he's a dog. That's where the honorable mention came from. So then I oh, okay. mentioned then, like two or three other that came to mind. And originally Teen Wolf made the list, but then somebody made a really good point. There is, hey, there is a comment that somebody mentioned about the rankings that I did change the rankings for. I completely forgot about Henry Rowengarter. So. I had to put Henry back inside the top 10 where he deserved to be. I feel like the only one you were missing uh, was you missed Beeman. Beeman from uh, Any Given Sunday. That was a great character. Jamie Foxx. I only saw it once. Willie. Willie Beeman. That, that I said doesn't, st- doesn't stick out in my mind. That, one, that one's overrated to me. I, a lot of people. Oh, that. there we go. Yeah. I liked Rocky Balboa. I mean, the guy's the character spawned like what? Eight movies or five? Most infamous. He's the most famous for sure. It just is it the best character. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know I don't, if it really is. I don't know if infamous is the right word. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's uh, I think just the most, most famous of all of He's the most prolific, yeah. Prolific, um, yeah, there you go. That's a better way to put it. I would actually say Johnny Lawrence, if you follow Cobra Kai now, is actually past Danny LaRusso and should Ooh. be. He, he's considering a, mixed he's martial a arts a sport now? 
Uh, are we considering karate mixed martial arts? I, don't, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, Daniel Russo is number 10. I Actually, know, he I, was. Yeah, he was. I, yeah. Jake, you're, you're, you're not a Cobra Kai watcher, are you? No, I do watch it. It's just I, it's insufferable because it's jumped to conclusions for conflict Kai. Yeah, mm, a- absolutely. They're they're full on. They know <laughs> they are nodding and winking. They know what they're doing. I well, mean, what we've definitely done is we've created enough fodder for the comment section to go back to Jake's article, get in the <laughs> comments, and start a whole nother thread. And that's all that <laughs> oh, we're really you. looking for. And we're only really looking to poke and prod just a tiny bit. Uh, we're going to poke and prod at the week four ranks as we prepare, get our fantasy teams all set. Per huge, we're going to hit on uh, some of the positional stuff that is on our minds. If we have time at the end, got a couple debates of Brandon versus Jake that we can talk about. Uh, but first up here, I put together, there's so many, in, I mean, obviously we came off of last week, my complaining of last week and just how bad it was from a gameplay standpoint and Jake bringing back up, by the way, also a lot of injuries. Those injuries are lingering back over to us. And we've got a litany of players that we're just kind of sitting in this limbo about. And more so, even if they play, I think we should talk about the question. So this is my, if they play, are you okay? And here are a couple players that jumped out to me. And Jake, we'll start with you. I'm going to list off the players. You've got Godwin and Julio Jones, I believe both getting back into limited practices, which is great for the Bucks. David Montgomery, we still don't have a ton of information on outside of he did not practice on Wednesday. We've got Dalton Schultz. And we've also got the litany of Saints wide receivers, uh, Olave Thomas Landry, if Jameis is out. And I also want to throw in with the Bears, are, would you be comfortable with Herbert if Montgomery plays? So all the wide receivers, running backs, little tight end action. Are you okay with any of them if they play? Maybe Godwin, if I need understanding that I could get a zero. There's no way on earth that Julio Jones can go kick rocks, honestly, at this <laughs> point. Even if Godwin's out, he can still go kick rocks. Actually, he might pull his hamstring kicking rocks, so that's exactly why I don't want Julio Jones. It'd be so. a, it'd be um, a Charlie Brown situation. He'd try to kick it, yes. the rock would be pulled out from under, and he'd be out. <laughs> yeah, Russell Gage has passed him anyway. Uh, Russell Gage, we mentioned last week on the show, is the fact that like the process and the results were right. The yards weren't there, and then Russell Gage got the process result, and yards were there last week, so not interested in Julio Jones. Uh, Godwin, maybe, but that's a, you got to understand, you get a zero, he could be a decoy, he could play 20 snaps, run 15 routes, you just don't know. Uh, but the upside's there if you want to chase the upside. Montgomery and Herbert, Herbert's definitive, like I have it in my ranks that if there is no Montgomery, so there's no question about Herbert. If Montgomery does play, I think they both fall into, I keep comparing him to the Seahawks at this point, is that, yeah, probably lean still, maybe David Montgomery, but risk of aggravation. Does he play the whole game himself? Is Herbert going to be the better option? But it's kind of like Rashad Penny versus Ken Walker. Uh, bad offense, but at least Montgomery, when you're getting 80% of the work, is good. Uh, and that's why we also like Khalil Herbert, because he would be like 90% and against the Giants. But if they're both out there, that makes it messy. Schultz, sure. 100% Schultz, because tight end sucks ass. So moving on from that. And then I'm not worried about the wide receivers if Jameis is out because Andy Dalton steps in. Andy Dalton's going to be fine. Andy Dalton's like, the point about Jameis is like, whether it's good Jameis, bad Jameis, or somewhere in between, it's kind of Andy Dalton has been bad, good, or somewhere in between. So I'm the Saints don't bother me either way. Yeah, the thing that's interesting with the Saints too is like yeah, Andy Dalton is the capable backup. It's different than maybe a guy like Cooper Rush taking over a situation and you wonder, okay, how is the ball going to get moved? Are they comfortable with not moving their game plan to more running? Da da da. Andy Dalton comes in. You're right. It's probably just a one for one situation. Nothing changes. They still move the ball in the air. They still go with the running backs. 
just without him out and just I don't know just feel there's something gross about saying Andy Dalton in the lineup it just doesn't feel quite right but Brandon same for you if they play are you okay Godwin Jones you got Montgomery versus Herbert Schultz and the Saints wide receivers yeah I don't know if I have anything whole lot wholesale different from what Jake said um Dalton Schultz I mean I was looking at what constitutes a back end tight end one right now it's four catches and 44 yards so of course you're of course you're playing Dalton Schultz um yeah, I mean, I would say, and I agree on the Saints situation. There's a little bit more, uh, you know, deep ball upside with Jameis, and I would, you maybe, maybe it works a little bit better towards Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas's favor with Andy Dalton in there. But um, you know, I, I don't think that there's a major, major difference between having Dalton there and Jameis Winston. I don't want to give it a major highlight because unfortunately, you know, we're doing this a little bit before, but obviously I left out Tua um, as he's going to be playing. We're recording this today on Thursday. He's going to be playing tonight. Are there any just quick Tua thoughts, Brandon? I'll go to Jake just as far as the offense goes. Um, if he plays, if he doesn't, any Tua injury stuff? Um, you know, I, I I don't know that I'm, uh, you know, going to downgrade Jalen Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill a whole lot because these are guys that are – you can hit them in the short area and they can, they can go deep. They've done that already. You know, there is, yeah. I mean, I just, you, how far are you going to discount them to where you're not even considering playing them? You're not. So I don't know if it, it changes a whole lot. And then the backfield, we're kind of going, you know, back and forth with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. And, you know, right now it looks like it's leaning Edmonds, but it could go back to Mostert. So we're still in that unknown. So it's really, it's really about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Obviously, if Tua doesn't play, you're benching him, but you're not doing anything with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Same to you, Jake. Any thoughts? Nope. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Oh, always the king of transition and the king of content right there. Nope. Austin covered Let's everything. move on. Yeah. <laughs> let's get into our week four ranks then, and let's start with quarterbacks that I love that you don't. Jake, you had a nope last time. Worst movie uh, of 2022, by the way. Do you have a yes for your quarterback that you love that everybody else doesn't for this week? It's still kind of no, because we're already at the point where what are you doing at quarterback? Uh, I kind of see the ones that you guys have ready. And I mean, sure, maybe, but I mean, like Stafford, but who's wanting to start Stafford at this point? There are people have already made other options in the interim. So I think it's just at this point until we see Stafford, maybe the offensive line combination of the offensive line, giving a lot more time and he himself stopped wasting so much time in the pocket waiting to get sacked and getting on the same page with Allen Robinson, and it's a bad matchup this week. So if he shows up well, he doesn't even have to light the world on fire, but if he shows up well against your team, the 49ers, and looks good, and you feel some confidence about week five, but it's kind of like, I don't feel, I don't, like, I don't know. Like, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, I can't even find anybody in that range where it's like, hey, does he take, does Stafford throw 302 against your 49ers? Like, I just, I don't know where I'm going to go any further down the list here. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I actually agree with like, I mean, we can always find these guys. We can always talk through them. This is why we do it. We want to be able to talk through them. But I do look at this week's set and you're just kind of like, eh, 
You like you just you kind of just like Meh. yeah, like what, you just make sounds. People, the whole I see time. people going for Mariota, but my problem with Mariota is he has to run for a touchdown. He's not throwing two hundred yards. Like maybe he gets two hundred this week, but you know, and I bring up Stafford because I have him at fifteen, and I don't think that really means I love him more than anybody else, and that's why I kind of talk negatively about him the entire time. But like maybe if you still want to roll out Stafford for one more chance. Yeah. I guess in that same conversation, I did write up and say, I would give Russell Wilson one more chance. If you, if you're better, if your best option to pivot to is a Carson Wentz, I would give Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford one more chance. So maybe mm-hmm. the, phrase it that way for people out there. I have one team where I took Stafford and because of the shoulder injury, which I normally don't like to do in a 12 team, one QB league, I took a, a decent backup in Derek Carr. And, and I'm at a point now where this, this is looking like it's going to drive me crazy every week. Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, you know, it's like I expected if Matt Stafford was healthy, that that would be the decision most weeks. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not shaping up that way right now. <laughs> Quarterback that you love that uh, maybe others don't, Mr. Brandon Funson. Yeah, this is super flex. Cooper Rush. I, I have him inside my top 20. Um, wow. You know, he he looked competent against the Giants, and I you say yeah, it's the Giants, but yeah, we got the Commanders this week, and they're like, you know, fifth worst in pass DVOA. They're giving up a lot of points. Like to be quarterback eighteen, which is where I have Cooper Rush. I think last week it was like two fifty and a touchdown. The, the quarterbacks that have finished eighteen the last two weeks have thrown one touchdown. I think Cooper Rush can throw a couple touchdowns here. Would have looked a lot better last week if CD Lamb would pull his head out of his ass. Like I, I don't know how many times on he national. Did last week. Well, he did, but in game he had to do it. He had to, uh, he had to pull his head out of his ass in game after that massive drop. And I don't, I just that's kind of like the poster in my mind of CD Lamb is just dropping wide open, potentially big plays. But um, yeah, I think Cooper Rush can be. He looks, he looks solid, and I think he can be a solid second quarterback in the Superflex League. Yeah, that was actually one when I was going through your ranks. I was hoping you were going to put him on here. I don't want to lead you or anything, but that was one that definitely stood out. I'd also say there's a little part of me in putting this together was wondering if the fish hook was going to bait anybody into just talking about Justin Fields whatsoever in the Mariota respect, because like that's all that you have to be hoping out of a guy like Justin Fields at this point. Because I think most people should be comfortable with knowing you don't start Justin Fields. Like, maybe not even in Superflex at this point. Like, if I was in a Superflex and I had drafted blah, 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 Justin Fields at number two, and off the wire I was able to pick up Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush is your number two, and you're sitting uh, Justin Fields in a Superflex at this point. But I was wondering if there would be anything as far as, like, one more chance against the Giants this week. There's one more chance and trying to pull a Mariota stat. But, I mean, do you guys agree the best you could do is get Mariota. Like at this point, Mariota might have used to have been cheap uh, Justin Fields, but at this point, you're just praying Justin Fields can be anything of what Mariota is. Well, they're, they're running a college offense. They're afraid to have him throw the ball. It's like Air Force right now. It's like, I mean, what? I mean, he's, when you have no upside for volume, then it's all on the running game. And yeah, it's like, it's like Marcus Mariota light. Well, my guy is not too crazy impressive, but I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. As you said on there, all the names are just kind of meh, I suppose. Uh, I've just been impressed with how much Lawrence has been throwing the ball. Defensive matchup, maybe not the greatest in the world, but averaging around 36 pass attempts per game. Uh, He's been on average, I think, a tiny bit over 250 passing yards. You got a six touchdown to one interception ratio so far. Great wide receivers. And he just hasn't really been... 
I know. And again, I know he's like floating in those teens type of area, but I just think there are some of those top end quarterbacks. Like, like this is the one I struggled. You actually brought it up. Jake was like, I just don't trust Russell Wilson. And I know we are in this place kind of like I was just bringing up here where it's like, all right, one more chance. Are we too far into the season or not enough in to make full on valid decisions on this is who this player is. There's just something about Russell Wilson that continues to look bad week in and week out that, you know, there's a half decent matchup that Russ has, but I think I like Trevor Lawrence just over him until something is proven differently. If that happens to be the situation that someone would have, I don't know why they would, but I've got Trevor Lawrence as the quarterback. I think I like more than most. He's 17 on fantasy pros consensus this week. I've got him a little bit higher. And by the way, Russ Wilson, just since we're bringing him up is 10 this week. And Jake, what did you have Russ? You have him at 10 also. Yeah. So. And I'm the biggest Trevor Lawrence fan there is, but my concern here is that Darius Slay has been taking people away from the game. And I've, you don't have Christian Kirk. Zay Jones has been fun, sure. And, you know, maybe pick him up as a wide receiver for. I just don't know where Trevor Lawrence turns. This Eagles defense could potentially take away all of his options this week. And I love some Trevor Lawrence, but he didn't have to deal with J.C. Jackson last week of taking away potentially Christian Kirk. So that's my only concern. And I'll happily be proved wrong because Trevor Lawrence was one of my – he was top breakout quarterback. as all over some Trevor Lawrence for this year. But uh, this one concerns me a little bit in Philly. You know, I will just say the only thing I'd add to that is the one unique thing I think that's going on with the Jags is 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 important and imperative as Christian Kirk is, you know, playing out of the slot and everything that I actually feel like this team is built in a way where if you take one piece away, it doesn't destroy it all with Marvin and Zay and ETN being involved, being able to be involved in the past game. James Robinson has been very effective, like uh, unlike some offenses that become, become one dimensional, where if you do take that one piece out, they're really, really going to struggle. I feel like the Jags are actually a little bit better positioned that you can take Kirk away. Now, obviously, if you've got a number one defense out there and you take it all away and you put pressure on the defense and you're going to get Kirk and maybe your outside receiver out, Trevor Lawrence is going to struggle. But I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just me. I feel like they're a little bit positioned. No, I say better real life, though. Like, I still think you get Trevor Lawrence 250 and one touchdown, which means a miserable fantasy day and the Jaguars still make this competitive game. So I agree with you, but I kind of am on the other side of disagreeing with you for fantasy purposes. Likely means quarterback 18, 250 and a touchdown. It's probably. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm going with that. Yeah. At least a spot or two ahead of Russ Wilson. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to uh, running backs. Running backs that you love more than others or maybe a sleeper to perform this week. Brandon, let's start with you. Uh, well, I, I went with Ramondre Stevenson. This is kind of like where Jake at the quarterback where I didn't have anybody I think that was so, you know, so obvious. Um, but I'll go with Ramondre Stevenson just because Brian Hoyer's there because, you know, Stevenson's, I think, ran 53 routes to Damon Harris's 30. And if you think that Green Bay is going to hold the lead here and that they're going to be in more passing situations, clearly it looked like that's, you know, the role that they're they're thrusting Stevenson into more right now. And, and he's actually run the ball really well too, and might be kind of more on an even playing field with Damian Harris in terms of running the ball as well, especially out of, you know, potential passing down situations, which uh, are typically ripe for, for rushing yards. So I can see this being another solid game, maybe along the lines of what we saw last week from Ramondre Stevenson. So I have him as a pretty high RB three. Yeah, Fantasy Pros, uh, the consensus ranks have him around 31, 32, I believe. And I think you've got him inside at 29 or 28. 27. Uh, just, uh, 27. Okay, yeah, if you moved off, you have a little bit more. So Ramondre Stevenson, uh, both backs have uh, been in a solid place. Ramondre getting a little bit more run. Uh, same thing, Jake. Uh, running back, sleeper, 
guy that you love more than anybody else? Maybe you got a couple names. One, what do you got? Mm, I'll just go to matchup and hope that the matchup helps a split backfield because that's what we're kind of looking for here is sleeper running backs is not non-navigates names. So Rashad Penny, uh, you know, look, got completely shut down earlier this year. But if you look at the fact that the Lions have given up already 287 yards and six touchdowns in the first three games on the ground to running backs, uh, not too dissimilar from last year, uh, all three Eagles ran for a score against them. Uh, Antonio Gibson didn't have a great day, but down the end zone. So, yeah, it's a split backfield, but Penny did have 60 yards in week one, uh, 66 last week, sandwiched between a really kind of tough game for him. And, you know, that's it's that's what I'm looking for, is when you're looking for a split backfield and the upside of potentially finishing top 20 running back, you look for the matchup, and I think Penny could do it this week. So I love this one, and this actually brought up something I avoid. I was going to, now we're going to do it, because I we can talk about it, and it's a little bit relevant. I avoided bringing up here was I was going through and I was going through your guys' ranks and Brandon, I want to say it was you, but it could Ken, be Ken Walker. Guys. Yes, sir. Was Ken Walker. And both of you had Ken Walker. I thought in a range of like, how? Like, how are we doing this with Ken Walker? What expectation do you have? He really obviously coming back, blah, blah, blah. He hasn't been as involved, but I'm very, I think I'm very team Rashad Penny right now. And I'm not sure. I see the play for Ken Walker even being a top 50. Like, I don't know how we value him more than like, you know, Benjamin at this point or something like that. So I'm very, very curious at your takes on Ken Walker in this offense, because I think it was, Brandon, I think you had him in the forties and Jake, I don't remember if you had him in the late forties. I'll try to take a look here. To be, I actually uh, think precise. I have him inside the top four. I actually think this is a game that sets up well for them to give him more touches than he's seen. Remember, I mean, he had the hernia thing, so we weren't expecting a big workload in the first game back and then he didn't do a whole lot. But then last week they gave him, I think, a couple more touches and he broke, I think he had like a 21-yard run or there was a decent run there. But that's what he kind of brings to the table. I don't think that this is going to be settling into what his role is. I think the whole idea is to ramp him up and so that second half of the season, you're not sure who's going to get more touches between Penny and Walker. I, I don't think the plan is to keep Penny in the clear lead role. So I just, looking at the matchup, like it for the reasons Jake mentioned, but also see this as a you know a continuation of them get looking for their chances to get him more work. Walker had six touches last week, three catches. You got to give that credit. He did break a 21-yarder, but he finished with 19 rushing yards. He had three carries, 19 rushing yards, and he did have a 21-yarder. Jake, is there anything you can add? You had him at 44 on the ranks. I probably might have had a little bit outdated on Brandon yours, but you had him at 39 uh, on the ranks that was sent. Maybe it's adjusted. We also had Penny at like 34, so you really had them really close. Jake, anything to add with this? You've got him outside of flex starting, but you have him. Uh, you got him a little bit past where um, where Brandon has him. Both of you guys like, technically have him past uh, the flex, but it's still high enough that it gives me a little bit of pause. So talk to me about Walker. Well, it's enough pause because there's enough pause here. The fact that he used DJ Dallas when Travis Homer got banged up, it's just a complete mess of a backfield. That's what it is. It's a mess of a backfield. And I think outside of facing a team like Atlanta that is, Hey, call me crazy, but better matchup here. <laughs> and defensively as actually, this is a tougher matchup. I know I just talked about Penny and that's the one area the Lions pass defense has been pretty good. Something to concern yourself with, with Akuda, but it's just when you have three people involved, and if I don't see the offense, you know, potentially scoring 30 points, at least mid-20s, I just don't want anybody. I, like, I don't want anybody, so I'm going with the lead option, which is why I take Penny, and I go for the explosive plays, which is why I go Penny. 
Could Walker eventually push this to a 50-50 timeshare? Sure, but that was the hope going into the season. And as of right now, Seahawks are using three people. It's a full-blown committee. I'm going to take the only person that's even nearing 50% of the opportunities. It is a great matchup, and I, I think I'm just missing it because even on the Fantasy Pros consensus rankers, he's inside the top 50. And I don't know. I look at some of the players behind him, and maybe I see him as much as them, or I can't find the crazy justification of why he would be higher. Deeper leagues, it's probably a little bit more relevant, but there's going to be some people out there that are going to have some really tough decisions as far yeah, as ranks go. hope that he falls into the end zone. That'd be a first. That would be uh, that would be great if that happened. The guy I have this week, I think he just have really high, and I really, really like the matchup, and I've talked uh, a little bit about this throughout the week. This might be one of those where it's like I just went all in on it, and I don't like to go in all in from last week, but the guy I'm uh, higher on than most this week is Devin Singletary, who... On the Fantasy Pros consensus rankers, I believe is a in the 30s. He's just like a fringy flex type of running back. And Singletary, one of the things I love is just the matchup. Ravens are giving up the six most fantasy points through three games to running backs and the second most catches to running backs at eight and a half, which is also the second most targets. Almost 12 targets are being given up by Baltimore to running backs to 11.7 Trying to remember who the number one is, but number two in that. And we saw Singletary last week go off as far as the receiving game goes. So I love Devin Singletary in this position. It's a great matchup. I think there's a lot of point for point. And he has not only been the main guy, the thing I love is that the passing game is where he's going to get this. If they completely abandon the run, which they love to do, Singletary is one of the prime guys that goes in. So I've got him as an RB2 this week where he is fringe flex. Um, and that is going to be my sleeper running back for the week. And, you know, I didn't even bother to look the general range. Does anybody hate that pick? I feel like this is this is going to be a good show of like, you guys have your thing, I say something, and then you can kill me for it. So does anybody <laughs> want to kill me for Singletary? Well, I don't know if we're going to get to Jake and I's uh, differences in rankings on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but this is kind of, to me, Devin Singletary's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And... Um, you know, it almost like they've decided eight to nine carries for him and like where you're going to ultimately be a difference between a, a, an RB3 and an RB2 is what you do in the passing game. And we saw it last week with Singletary's nine catches and a touchdown. That's really kind of what vaulted him there. And that's kind of what's vaulted CEH into some of those ranges as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I can certainly see it happening, but I'm going to kind of like, you know, go for a baseline at what follow the follow the volume, as we always say. Let's go to wide receivers that you guys are sleeping on sleeper to perform this week. And let us start with Mr. Jake Seeley. I'm going with Elijah Moore to gets his quarterback back. And yeah, this could go sideways. I mean, we didn't really get to see much of Zach Wilson in preseason with Garrett Wilson. So this is kind of the unknown factor, but there's a lot of things at play which for everybody out there at the rankings might understand to tie into the Tyler Conklin concern. Uh, look, this is Zach Wilson's now quarterback. Joe Flacco has his tendencies. Joe Flacco throws to the running backs a little bit more. Joe Flacco is also throwing a billion times a game. Uh, Zach Wilson might run a few more times. The offense might click and be more balanced with him. But all that being said is what we know is that Wilson had a rapport with Elijah Moore last year. Yeah, Elijah Moore did about half of his work in the Mike White games towards the end of the season, but he also did it with Zach Wilson. And I think Zach Wilson will have plenty of rapport with Garrett Wilson as well, but I'm looking for Elijah Moore to get back on track. Uh, he's still 
been out there 90% of the routes, unlike anybody else on this team. You even dropped to Corey Davis, who's barely over 70%, and Garrett Wilson's under 70%. Now, do I think that stays for the entire year? Obviously not, but the point being is the opportunities have been there. It's that Joe Flacco's been peppering the living hell out of Garrett Wilson versus anybody else combined, basically. So I do think Zach is going to balance this thing out a little bit more. Uh, I'd still, look, I have him at 30. It's not like I'm putting Elijah Moore inside the top 20. But if you also talk about the Steelers defense, sorry, Bogman's not here to defend his team, but that Steelers defense is not a fearsome defense anymore. I am not worried about the Steelers defense and haven't been in quite a little while here. Brandon, these ranks change. I just want to ask you on on this one because I think it's interesting. So I'm noticing that. uh, But as of the ranks that I have at this moment that we're recording, you have Garrett Wilson over Elijah Moore, where Jake has Elijah Moore over Garrett Wilson. Is it? Well, for 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 out there, they're 30 and 32 for me. Like they're almost they're essentially almost back to back for me. And I think Brandon's is in a similar range. I'm just picking between them. There's a legit chance people might have the decision between these two. So I'm curious if you are holding of Wilson over more. Um, yeah, that's that's a tough call if you're actually, you know, under the gun of having to pick between those two on the same team because I have them really back to back as well. And, and Jake spoke to a little bit of that relationship that Wilson and, and Moore had last year. So, you know, I would dive into just making sure that Garrett, Garrett Wilson was really 100%. I mean, I, I think it's a coin flip. Honestly, I, I would lean Garrett Wilson just because of where the volume's gone the last couple weeks. But... I don't know. I could I could flip flop by Sunday for sure. I think it's that close. Uh, well, then we will jump to you for your uh, sleeper wide receiver, the guy that uh, you like more than maybe anybody else this week. Yeah, I think Amari Cooper's twenty two in the expert consensus, and I'm like he's wide receiver eleven overall. He's had two games of seven plus catches, a hundred plus yards, and a touchdown. You know, Michael Salfino put in his column that in the last since twenty fifteen, there's been six receivers previously who've had two games out of the first three with seven catches, a hundred yards and a touchdown. And they've all finished with two sixty-three or more PPR points, which last year that would have been wide receiver nine. So like volume check, uh, clear alpha on his team as Jake's talked about all preseason. That's a, that's a check matchup Atlanta Falcons check. Like why are we putting him in the twenties? Why is he not where he's at, where he's delivered to right now? Because this is who he is. He's a, he's going to be the target hog against a you know a weak Atlanta secondary and he's delivering right now so I, I just don't know I think people are a little bit slow to give him the credit that he deserves to this point I like it I got two guys that I think I just like overall more than uh, other people this week as far as ranks go uh, Romeo Dobbs is one of them I was watching a lot of last week and I got just those shades of how they seem to uh what Jake what you responded to my tweet. You like him more than everybody else. You saw the tweet. You mean everybody else in the industry, not everybody else like in fantasy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were exactly. going to bring up that tweet because you were like, really? <laughs> no, no, you didn't respond to me to that tweet. So why am I going to bring it up? Um, <laughs> I was saving I like, it for the show. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I like Romeo Dobbs this week. I was watching a lot from last week. Dude, there were like shades of how they used to run Devontae Adams. They were running Dobbs last week. Might have been a, a one-off thing. He's got... More concentration from Aaron Rodgers. I think the focus got built and is there. Lazard is still a great option, but just how they, I'm, I'm telling you, like if you would have just implanted and 
you know, photoshopped in Devonte Adams. It looked the same way. I love Dobbs this week. I've got him as almost a wide receiver too. And I also would just throw in Isaiah McKenzie. And this is, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, but Baltimore is just going to be susceptible. Baltimore giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers so far this year, over 18 catches, almost 300 yards to those wide receivers and two touchdowns. Gabe Davis has not quite got right. So McKenzie is a guy outside of the 40s. And Dobbs, I believe, on the consensus ranks last time I saw, was like 42. Uh, let me take a look here. Uh, 41. So Dobbs is 41. And uh, McKenzie, I think, is into yeah, is 51. And both of those guys, I think, are serviceable wide receiver three. So I don't know if you guys have any takes on either one of those. Yeah, I think I, I brought up about the, the, the yeah. Dobbs thing because of what... So for everybody that doesn't know, uh, I was referencing a lot of like, questions and comments to get for the... Alex Fast has a great trade value chart on our site, so this is why I've deferred a lot to him at this point. But when I get the values of buy highs and sell lows, as Funston knows, I do this, I get it from what people are asking. And then Dobbs name was floated around with Rashad Wild. Bateman and Michael Thomas and Marquise Brown and all the basically top 20 ish fringe, top 20 ish wide receivers already. And I'm just like, Holy crap, dude. Like this guy, one game and we're putting it like way ahead of Lazard. And that was the point. Like, and that's what, I think I saw Pittman. I thought you said like Pittman was in the tweet. I have to go back and look because I looked at that. I was like, oh, my God. Like I I just actually I legitimately went through the three or four comments about him and pulled the names out of the questions of like, should I trade? And I'm just like, what? (laughs) Like, what? Really? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, there, and and that is, hey, that's the fantasy thing, man. When you can take a, an opportunity, you can jump on opportunities like that to move. Even though I think Dobbs is in a great position, you can go get Marquise Brown or Michael Pittman. You go and do that. So he might be an ultimate sell high. Uh, Maybe Brandon, not Marquise gonna... Brown because Hops, Hopkins is coming back. Uh, be, before Maybe. Funston, what, what you were going to say is the one thing I will caution. I don't know if it continues once he's back, but the Jake Kumaro usage was annoying because McKenzie falls to fourth and usage when he's out there and it actually hurts him just because of volume and he's not it's what's weird because they don't play the same roles but the two weeks ago McKenzie where he didn't do anything was because Kumaro was out there a ton and it's just like what the hell are they doing why but anyway I just put that away for when Kumaro comes back just as a cautionary tale but anyway what were you gonna say Faustin? yeah well I think it was just we basically said it on the Monday pod you know talking about how you said the same thing and I said talking about McKenzie and the Cole Beasley role. And it's a, it's something that's always had a history of being a back end wide receiver three, you know, and, and then you brought the Kumro thing. So, so we've gone full circle in a couple of days. Hey, love it. We'll go full circle. <laughs> Kumro reference. Who would have thought? There you go. <laughs> Players that are making you think twice. Brandon, let's start with you. Any player that's making you think twice going into week four. Uh, DK Metcalf. And I had him in the mid twenties and I've moved him down to 30 uh, now. And, I keep kind of talking myself down on him. First of all, Jeffrey Akuda is a thing. Jake talked about the Lions pass defense. He's a big part of it. He's a shadow. He's the guy that shut down Justin Jefferson last week. Terry McLaurin. Threw him down. Yeah. Terry McLaurin <laughs> the week before. Six foot one corner, so he's not a small guy. Um, but DK Metcalf, 64 yards last week and a touchdown. Decent day. The 64 yards is the highest he's gotten in the last 13 games. He's got he's averaging 43 yards in his last 13 games. Think about that. It's almost a full season. Um, so, and he got the touchdown, but he's kind of sort of touchdown dependent at this point because he hasn't come close to sniffing the century mark in yardage uh, in almost a full season. So yeah, the, the matchup, he was five catches on 12 targets. So the efficiency wasn't there when they tried to get him the ball. Um, I just, yeah, it's 
right now it seems to be trending a lot more towards Tyler Lockett in that passing game. Well, I'll go second here, and it is the entire wide receiver core of the Carolina Panthers because I don't know what to do or who to trust. I know what to do, and it's not start anybody and avoid and move away. But in reality, it's a great matchup this week. DJ Moore is so talented. Robbie Anderson, if DJ Moore is not going to be the guy from Baker Mayfield and Robbie Anderson gets those plays, he can be explosive. But the problem is what I said. If Baker Mayfield a quarterback and never does that end well. So I am thinking twice across the board on what to do only because this is a great matchup because my gut instinct is bury them both and don't think twice about it. But this matchup screams, screams opportunity and that elusive get right situation that we kind of all keep hoping and praying for. Jake, what say you? What I would say is I have nobody left because, uh, for what I talked about yesterday with media and all in football, I brought up these two guys and DK Metcalf and DJ Moore (laughs) and was 10 plus lower than the industry on both. Uh, Funston brought up why I referenced Akuda. I referenced the fact that the Lions finally got the Akuda they wanted when they drafted him. And that if you look at the first three games of this season, even going back to last year, he now deserves to be in the conversation with the Jalen Ramseys, with the concerning quarters of Patrick Chetain, although Patrick Chetain's new to the league too. But you get the point. Is It's one where you see it on the docket and you're like, ooh, I need to think twice. And especially when Tyra Lockett's kind of had some of that carryover rapport that we talked about from Geno last year. Uh, Fonson mentioned it too. I mean, look at week one, seven receptions, 40 yards, seven receptions. And then like, what was you said? 54 was the season high, like in the longest time. And yeah. the touchdown, I just don't know the touchdown's coming in this opportunity. I, I, I said it with the running backs. I know it's crazy to think about, but the Lions secondary is something to think twice about now with Akuda. And you brought up the other one. There's a problem here with DJ Moore, and the problem is not DJ Moore. You know what the problem is? It's just like Happy Gilmore. Baker Mayfield is not any good, and he's destroying this offense. We, myself included, sat here and said, oh, no more Sam Darnold. Best quarterbacks DJ Moore's had in a while. No, it's not. <laughs> and that's the problem here. It is a nice matchup, but my ranking of DJ Moore outside the top 40 is more of this. And you guys know this. We talk about it all the time, like, oh, this is why I try to leave out numbers because what's 37 versus 41? What's, you know, that the point I'm making is that if you're starting DJ Moore, understand the floor is lava. It's a zero. It, you could potentially get a zero, but the matchup is ripe enough that that's why he's still around 40 is because, sure, this could be the touchdown week. This could be, but what if it's DK Metcalf from last week? That's a nice game. 40 something yards and a touch 50 something yards and a touchdown. So he's going to be top 20, but I mean, what if it's just the 40 yards and zero touchdowns that's <laughs> and you have to live with that now. I was uh, joking with Michael Beller uh, earlier in the week, our colleague. That? That, yeah. You remember him? <laughs> <laughs> former, former host of this show um, before he got, before we went upgrade. But um, I was saying like people that have DJ Moore and Allen Robinson right now, look at, the waiver wire and see like a Zay Jones and wish they could just make that switch, <laughs> but they know they can't because of the, the capital they've invested in their guys, but they really want Zay Jones and they want to walk away from DJ Moore and Al Robinson. That's kind of the, the predicament conundrum you're kind of put in with these guys that are like DJ Moore and Al Robinson. It's just brutal. Baker Mayfield, you suck. You jackass. I just had to do it. As soon as you did Happy Gilmore, <laughs> that's been in my head for the last three minutes. I had to do, who was that big guy? Do you guys remember the, 
Uh, do you remember the big giant yes. guy in Happy yes. Gilmore? Wasn't yeah. he like a pro wrestler or something like that? I don't know. He, he wasn't. He should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, such an iconic scene. He was a, right. that. He was a that guy. You he know, he actor, was a though. that guy. Exactly. Exactly. If I'm final up, then how tight can you make that in, Brandon? How tight can, can I, you can go? I double down on Tyler Conklin? He's not. He's not a secret Did anymore. Yeah. He's what was he eight eight catches and eight targets last week? No. Then let me phrase. Then let me spin it for you. I'll ask a question because Welsh doesn't have it there. I mentioned earlier. Zach Wilson is back. CJ Ozama was back and didn't get a full game because it was his first game back. Do neither of those situations worry you that Conklin falls out of the... He's essentially been must-start tight end. Do you, are you concerned that he falls back into the Gerald Everett conversation? I'm a little bit concerned, but I, I, I tend to think that there's some momentum that he's built up that maybe the you know he's he's kind of gotten himself into the circle of trust right now that they might just okay. continue to go that direction. So that's why I'm saying I'm doubling down here, but it's, it really just, as we do with every, every time on the segment, just poo poo the position. I will tell you, you if know. anybody here plays listening, plays fantasy baseball, tight ends have become the closer of this because it's like you just, if you didn't get one of those top four or five catcher. guys, uh, yeah, catcher too. You, you know what? Catcher's another one, but it's just like, just screw it. Just, you know, roll the dice and see who you have because they're all kind of the same. They all have kind of the same upside. So Jake, can you, can you type that nope. end at all? No, nope. no, nope. nope. right. just nope. do it. Play with a wide receiver slash tight end position for everybody. Now that people, I had somebody in my home league used two tight ends last year because I forget who the second tight end that they fell into, but they drafted Mark Andrews a little bit later because Mark Andrews wasn't Mark Andrews last year at draft time. And then I forget who the second tight end was, but they used to because that's what they fell into. And it kind of gives the conversation of wide receiver slash tight end position instead of a full tight end is that we're about to hit buys, which you think tight ends ugly right now. <laughs> Holy crap. We are about to get disgusting at tight end. And all it does is open up the conversation instead of being like, well, I guess I got to pick between Hayden Hurst and Devin, Dylan Bell, Daniel Bellinger and stuff like that. And you can say, okay, maybe I'll take a shot on Robbie Anderson. And that's what it does. It just kind of opens up that conversation. It's not like you're always starting a wide receiver there. So I'll go back to, I'll double down too, just like Funston. I'm going to say Logan Thomas until further notice. Will Disley going to be looking real sexy during the See? And that's what we're about to, people forget well, this. We're like, <laughs> it's, yeah. I thought about Will Disley for this one. Seattle needs, I mean, I hate to say it, but if, you know, an inevitable tight end injury happens, then, you know, the remaining tight ends there are going to be interesting. Uh, Disley and Parkinson together make a pretty nice tight end. So Colby Parkinson finishing as a top 20 tight end last week with his two catches for 44 yards or something like that. <laughs> yeah, just to exactly. give you an idea. Not what too are we bad. Doing? Mo Alley Cox and Harrison Bryant. And who else can we throw out there? <laughs> for the Seahawks, not too bad when you're going to get 25 completions a week from Geno Smith. They're uh, bound to get to a tight end. Friends, that is going to do it uh, for the episode. If you guys want all the ranks, all the updates, and all of the fun that is included in it. Go to the Athletic and find Jake. So you can go to uh, find Jake on Twitter as well. All in kid. Click on the article. Go through. Check the link. Sign up and make sure that you go through it with a fine tooth comb. Like go through it, just very very detailed to make sure you have it all set. So go and sign up and get that today. Find Brandon Funston on Twitter at Brandon Funston and me at Is It The Welsh. We'll be back next week breaking down everything that went down in Week Four. And hopefully a lot more yeses than nopes in that episode. God, let's hope the week is just so much better than last. It's not going to take much. Thanks, friends. We'll be out of here. See you London, next time. London, baby.